Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? I think it's time to re-evaluate a topic that I've talked about here before, but it's always a good idea to review this time of year. I was sitting on the couch with my son Torin the other night, and we were watching a television show where the actor was injured in the shoulder. And Torin, who is six, said, Mommy, I can feel that pain in my shoulder. But I know he's just an actor. Why do I feel the pain in my shoulder? And so I explained mirror neurons to him. And we did some self-regulation practices so that he could feel his own body and practice separating the experience of another from his own experience. Both of my kids in the past week have received backlash from their peers for having preferences. their peers wanting them to deny their own needs to go along with the needs or consensus of the group. Both of my kids held their boundaries and grieved because even though they knew what was right for them, they still felt the pain of rejection and the dysregulation that comes from those kinds of tensions in relationship. And they both fought the desire to slip into selflessness, to prioritize the relationship and accommodate others instead of honoring their own needs. When we know ourselves deeply and we are confident in our own worth and our own goodness, we are much less susceptible to the messages of others that would usurp, manipulate, control, or disempower us. That doesn't mean it's easy. It still hurts 
when friends don't honor the self we know is true. We run the whole range of emotions from rejection to betrayal. That's actually what Torin, my six-year-old, said when his friend was angry with him for having his own preference. He said, Mommy, I've been betrayed. So he talked about that feeling of being betrayed and what, what it felt like in his body and what he wished could have happened and, and also understanding what the other person's needs were. I was reading a news article about a woman in Texas who had a viral Facebook post about the dangers of the spiritual war in America in which Hollywood is central to um, sending these dark missives into our homes. She actually talked about Hocus Pocus 2 and demons coming through the screen into our homes. And I started to laugh because it was so ridiculous to me. But then my laughter quickly turned to fear that this kind of mindset is prevalent again. And, um, and then I went from fear to grief and compassion because folks like Mrs. Gooch, the woman who wrote this Facebook post are obsessed with the darkness constantly feeling like they have to outsmart it, that it's always out to get them. And not trusting themselves to know when they're in danger. And so throwing everything in the category of dangerous and dark. And I started to imagine what that must feel like. to be so afraid, so convinced that the snares of evil are set everywhere. And how when we know ourselves well, what our own vibration feels like, what our own needs are, what our joys are, it is much more difficult to lose ourselves to those snares when they are set, which is much less often than people like Mrs. Gooch let on. And so when people come to me asking me for advice about protection, prevention from being cursed or the evil eye or anything like that, I always tell them to start with a deep knowledge of themselves. What makes them feel good? What makes them feel off balance? And how can they surround themselves with support to anchor them in the truth of who they are? And when we are full of self-awareness and self-love, that acts as an amulet of protection against all sorts of dark forces, whether that's social media ads for political candidates that are preying off our emotions, 
or bullies at the workplace who would have us relinquish our own needs using shame or humiliation. When we deeply know ourselves and our values and have reliable ways of recentering ourselves in that truth, no matter what is happening, we are resilient. We are grounded. We are authentic and we are protected. This doesn't mean we won't get knocked off balance. Of course we will. But when we have a practice that comes back to center, we are less likely to stay off balance. I know who I am when I'm in nature. I always remember who I am when I'm surrounded by trees and crows and deer and rabbits. And when I can feel the wind on my skin. I know who I am when I do ritual, make offerings to the earth. I know who I am when I journey into the other world. I know who I am when I read my old journals, when I watch my favorite movies or TV shows, when I read my favorite books or listen to my favorite music. I know who I am when I laugh. I remember my sense of humor. I know who I am when I'm around the people who love me well. I know who I am when I'm helping someone in a balanced way that comes from overflow. I have found it to be extremely helpful to make a list of things that help me remember who I am and to write myself a letter to read in times when I'm forgetting. I've written a lot of these over the years. Dear Aaron, you are a lover of birds and moonflower scent and the smell of dog paws. You are someone who remembers. You are soft and value kindness. You're not afraid of the dark because you know there is nowhere that love cannot reach. Aaron, you are a German descendant, a Swiss descendant, an English, Scottish, Irish, and Welsh descendant. Your people came from all over. And you live now on land that you and your descendants are learning how to love well.
and you come from places that you can never imagine. You come from the symbiosis between lichen, algae, fungus, bacteria. Aaron, you come from trilobites and dragonflies and stardust. You have lived in constellations beyond naming and you will live in realms that you cannot imagine. Aaron, you are vast and you are infinitely small. And whether you are in your vastness or your smallness, you are love, born of love, returning to love, trying on barriers to love, like clothes in your wardrobe, knowing that you will cast them off again and again to return to the nakedness of your true self as starlight and soft embers of a holy fire. Aaron, at your core, you are more sound than human. You are more like the hue of soft light than any credentials you could ever hold or any identities that humans have fashioned for themselves. Aaron, you are at home everywhere and nowhere. But as long as you are loving and willing to do the hard things love asks for, you can find belonging among any being in any place. And when we follow these star maps of deep memory, we find ourselves in a sphere of protection. Lately, I've been drawing on the words that my ancestors have been using for more than 40 generations to call on their God, because I know those words have power because they vibrate in my bones. Not because I'm Christian, but because I can feel my people close, those who've crossed beyond and those who are still here. And so in the East, I call on Ruach, the breath of Prana. And in the South, I call on Spiritu Sanctu, the fiery Holy Spirit. And in the West, I call on Rahem, the watery womb of mercy, 
and in the north I call Terra Santi, the holy sacred land, which is all land. And I use these words because they have been uttered in the presence of my people long before my people knew what they meant. And my body responds to them. And I've dreamed of them. Of these words before I even knew what they meant. And above me I call the swirling galaxies. And below me I call the serpentine energies of the earth herself. And within me, I call forth that which is mine to call forth. I ask to bring forward that which is within me. Given to me as my ray of love to bear on this planet at this time. May this serve as an invocation to your most inner self. This world needs what you have come here to bring forth at this time, and only you can know what that is. With the loving midwifery of the plants and the stones and the stars and your familiars and your ancestors and your closest friends, we can be encouraged and guided and led but it is up to each of us to know what is ours to give. And if we do not bring forth that which is ours to give, what we do not bring forth will destroy us. It is meant to be birthed, and when birth stalls, the mother dies, and so does the baby. It is time to birth ourselves into this world in our holy uniqueness. Releasing ourselves from conformity and fear and the projections of others, releasing our paranoia, our superstition, our finger pointing, our victimization and standing on our two feet as the birthing selves that we are. In the old days, men were considered to have wombs too, spiritual wombs not the physical womb that carries a body, but a spiritual womb that carries compassion and mercy. May we all feel our wombs moving as we birth a new way together. I truly and deeply believe that our way forward is through releasing these old stories 
these old superstitions, these old practices of othering, and putting that energy into remembering who we truly are. Thomas Merton said that if people were able to see one another as the radiant suns that they are, we would just be falling at each other's feet. So there is some gift in our forgetting, giving us the experience of moving through this finite world of duality. But there is so much at stake now. So may we remember who we are. May Mrs. Gooch remember who she is. And that she need not be afraid. I think that's the phrase spoken most in the Christian Bible. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me.